Want to see the world from a totally different perspective? Ready for provocative conversation, intriguing stories, and inspiration? Then don't touch that dial. Welcome to Talk with Francesca. She'll give you something to talk about all week long. Now, here's Francesca. What if you took the time to really soak it? Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talk with Francesca. I'm Francesca, your host, and just want you to know that I really appreciate you tuning in today. So speak to me. I've got an awesome team, as you know, that helps me to produce a show that hopefully brings you not just entertainment, but also practical knowledge that you can use about stuff that we care about. And I think you'll care about it, too. But I do need to know what you're thinking so I can continue to bring you the kind of shows that interest you. So jet me an email at info at talkwithfrancesca.com. So you can share your thoughts with me and let me know how you feel about the show, whatever it might be, riveting, boring, valuable, even horrible, whatever it is, I want to know. And if you miss part of the show, all you got to do is hop on over to my website, talkwithfrancesca.com. You can go to recent shows and pick up where you left off. And you can also find me on iTunes. So plenty of places to listen to Talk with Francesca. All right, did you know that your personality can be determined just by looking at your possessions? Take a look at your private spaces from your boardroom to your bedroom. Yep, they can reveal our personalities whether we know it or not. Did you know that what's on your desk could reveal what's on your mind? Do those pictures on your walls tell true stories really about you? Could your favorite outfit give you away? Well, for the last 10 years, psychologist Sam Gosling has studied how people project and protect their inner selves. Sam explores our private worlds, our desks, our bedrooms, even our clothes and our cars. And today he will share with us not only how we showcase our personalities in unexpected and unplanned ways, but also how we create personality in the first place, communicate it to others and interpret the world around us. Sam's work has been widely covered in the media, including the New York Times, Psychology Today, NPR, and Good Morning America, and his research is featured in Malcolm Gladwell's Blink. And we are very lucky to have him with us today, especially since he is calling from Berlin. So big welcome to you, Sam. Thanks for joining us today on Talk with Francesca. Not at all. Thank you for having me on your show. All right. So let's see. I have a picture of my dog facing me, a homeopathic remedy called Fearless, red fingernail polish, a pile of books and an hourglass. Any clues as to my personality? Now, be gentle. We're on the air. <laughs> well, it, it, what, one of the, it's, it's interesting because yeah, one of the questions I often get is, you know, what does this this particular thing mean? Mm. And one of the things that I've learned through my studies is, is it's very important to look at, actually at the configuration of things. But but that would tell me a few things. So, for example, when we look at the pictures people have in their spaces. We look at a couple of things. We look at their location, because that tells you the psychological function of those things. So the fact that you have that picture of the dog uh, and it's facing you tells us that it's serving a different psychological function than if it was turned around to sort of face visitors to your office. The first one of those things is really about, if it's facing you, it's there to kind of help you feel a certain way. It's, It's what we call a thought and feeling regulator. Whereas if it was sort of facing others, it would be serving a different function, an authentic function, but a different one, which would be more about an identity claim telling other things. But the fact that you have that dog and of the and the photo of that dog and of, of the thousands of pictures you could have chosen to put there, you chose that one. 
would tell us that, that this is a key element in your life, something that's very important to you uh, in, in your life. We'd also learn other things about the uh, homeopathic remedies, so that might, that might tell you about the sorts of behaviors you typically engage in. And I would want to look at these things and look at their state as well. That's incredibly important because we often, you know, have this idea of something we might do, you know, our, 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 the, the self that we aspire to versus the self we actually are. So I'd look, are those homeopathic remedies, do they look like they have been used? Are they, or are they something more about some, sort of some kind of aspired behaviors you hope to engage in? And that would also, you know, be an important distinction to make. And, and, and of course, I would look at, at the arrangement of these things. You can imagine these things being arranged in a kind of orderly way, which, would, which is also incredibly important for learning about some traits versus sort of disorganized, lying around and so on. So just hearing the objects themselves is, is the start, but it's, it's, um, it's only the beginning. So placement matters is what I'm hearing you say as well. Placement matters and, and the state of the objects matters as well too. So, but what if something meant something else? Like for example, what if I were selling my home, but the person viewing yes. it didn't know I had a dog and they saw a pile of stuffed animals, would they think I never got out of my terrible twos? <laughs> <laughs> right? It, it's, it's possible, but, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's possible that there are, there are uh, but that is, that is the, the reason I said the thing I said earlier about being very cautious about um, right. jumping to conclusion. Right. A single thing. But, right. but it is one of the mistakes that people make. So, so it's, it's good that you brought that up. So for, so for people hoping to become snoopers, the one thing I urge them to do is not do the thing that these prospective house buyers might have done, which is jump to conclusions on the basis of a few things. I mean, if there's, I'll just you know a few a few objects that, that to take into account the mm-hmm. broader array of things and look for those configurations, and then if they follow that tip and don't do the easy thing, which is you know just jump into conclusion based on a single cue, then they're unlikely to make that mistake and think you're into your terrible twos. They'll see other things that indicate your connections to your dog or your love for animals or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, we could go deeper into what that connection was, but they would see other clues to that by, by searching more broadly for clues that help disambiguate this, these, these, um, these stuffed toys. We're talking to Dr. Sam Goslin, who studies personality by looking at stuff. You're listening to Talk with Francesca. Now, whether it be in your office, bedroom, cars, or bathrooms, and it's, it's, not only what's there but how it's arranged can provide clues about not only who we are but what's important to us so listeners what are you ornamenting your home with sam are there any particular items that are clearly identity statements yes so the the identity statements these are these sorts of deliberate claims we make to others about our goals and our values and and who we are we're saying hey world this is who i am and this is what's important to me um, and, you know, and, and it's easy to say that because these sorts of things are deliberate statements, you know, many people think, well, these are going to be sort of um, uh, deliberate attempts to sort of pull the wool over our eyes, sort of disingenuous kind of mm. uh, statements to others. But in fact, that's, that's not, not true, really. These things tend to be authentic claims about who we are. There's some important work called self-verification theory that shows that people really want to bring others' views of them 
into line with their own views of themselves. So I want you to see me as I see myself, even if that's a negative view. Um, and so, so I go to great lengths to do that. And we see evidence for all kinds of identity claims in everyday life. So, you know, people wearing T-shirts with their favorite band or their university or their brand on it saying, hey, I want you to know I like this band or went to this university or bumper stickers on the backs of their cars or the or the, or the quote they have at the bottom of their email signatures who were saying deliberately to others, hey, I want you to associate me with this. And of course, things in our living spaces can also be used for that function. And this is one of those cases where the placement is absolutely uh, crucial in identifying it. So is it put there for the benefit of others? And, and wait, the way you can look at that is looking, is it in, for example, a public space? So you could have the very same, say, a poster or maybe some emblem, you know, relating to your religion or your cultural group or whatever it is. If that's in a public space, that's an identity of saying, hey, everyone, I am English. It's something I might do. I live, I'm an English person living in the States. If I, if I kind of identified with that, I might, I might um, put that in, in the public space and want, wanting people to know that. But, it, but, you know, if it wasn't there, if it was in the private space, then it wouldn't be an identity claim. Mm -hmm. The example mm -hmm. of your dog, dog, for example, if you had that, you know, in the living room on the mantelpiece for everybody to see, then it's an identity claim. If it's sitting next to your bed on your bedside table, it's not. If you're just tuning in this morning, you're listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm speaking with Dr. Sam Gosling. We are t discussing, he has a book that he has written called Snoop. We do need to take a short break, listeners, when we come back. Uh, Sam, I would love to talk about um, no, snooping, not just in people's places, but does that include like looking at music collections, books they read, and even um, Facebook profiles? So listeners, don't jump on that plane. We will be right back. Every one of us will need a lawyer at some point in our lives, and if that point has already come for you, you know you need a good one. You need a qualified one, one who will defend your interests with exceptional knowledge and dedication. Luckily, I know where to find that lawyer. Whether your case involves real estate, employment, business law, or a governmental agency, David Hadass of Drowan Hit and Hadass is ready to help. With broad experience throughout the Boston area, David specializes in civil litigation and appellate law. He's been named Massachusetts Super Lawyer and Top Business Litigator for four consecutive years by Boston Magazine. David represents large and small businesses as well as individuals. Find him online at Drowan hit.com for more information to get started discussing your solution today. When you need legal representation, accept nothing less than the professional expertise of David Hadass of Drow and Hit and Hadass. Tides is beachside dining at its best all year round. Located at the end of the Nahant Causeway, directly on Nahant Beach, the ocean views from the dining room and the pub can't be beat, no matter what the season. Nominated for Best of the North Shore from North Shore Magazine for Best Alfresco Dining, Best Kid-Friendly Restaurant, Best Lobster Dinner, and Best Water View, why would you go anywhere else? Whether you choose their dining room, a frosty pint at their bar, or a sun-drenched deck on Nahant Beach, they guarantee you great atmosphere with super food and service. Their menu is full of fresh, high-quality seafood, prime rib, chicken, pasta, and pizza, that everyone will love. Check out their drink menu for fun cocktails, 
30 ice-cold beers on tap, and their well-rounded wine list with their state-of-the-art tap wines. They feature full-service lottery and kino. Tides is the place to watch any big game. They have over 20 HD TVs. At Tides, they specialize in casual dining with food that's just delicious, not pretentious. Tides is a fantastic restaurant anytime, summer or winter, lunch or dinner, rain or shine. Are you looking for a professional photographer? Headshots get you noticed. A headshot is your first impression to the world, whether in print or online. Kevin Tai of Three Circle Studios specializes in professional headshots for the Greater Boston entrepreneur, academic, and creative. He does this by drawing out a depth of subtle expressions of warmth, confidence, intelligence, and leadership. What do you want your first impression to say about you? Let Three Circle Studio help you get noticed. Call today, 617-875-2282. All right. You are listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm speaking with Sam Gosling, and we are discussing being nosy. So, Sam, thanks for being back with us now. What um, what about, like, music collections and, um, you know, books that we read? You know, I used to... You know, when I used to go into people's houses, I was always very curious about the books they read because I felt like that was just so... Uh, you know, indicative of so much about their personality. However, now in the, the, the work that I'm in, there are books that I have, you know, in my home, you know, I'll interview someone and then, you know, keep the book. And um, it isn't necessarily something I'm even interested in, you know, um, you know, like memoirs or whatnot, you know, sometimes, I, you know, that kind of thing doesn't really particularly interest me. But if someone came into my house, they might think that about me i don't know maybe it's time to clean out my book collection <laughs> right yeah absolutely yeah. You, you, i think your, your intuitions are are right on both fronts so our research have shown that you can learn quite a lot about people based on their books you look at both the topics the organization of those books uh, and the variety of those books but at the same time as you say some of these things can be misleading so that's again another case where we would look at the location of those. Are they all, all these books that you're not really into, they may be in a place that isn't so central, isn't so reachable. You, again, you would look at their states. You might look at them and say, look, these uh, are brand new. You know, they creak when you open them because you never got past page 10 mm-hmm. um, and so on versus the other ones, which are more central to you, which have, you know, their spines have been twisted and open because you've seen them. Perhaps we'd even look inside and find you've made notes or you know, turn the corners of, of those books. Um, so, so you know, it's not just a simple matter of books or not. But, you know, the types of, you know, interest, what interests us is a key part of our personality. That is something that's important. And that is reflected in um, the sorts of books we might read. And the sorts of things we, we would learn about somebody from their book is, as you would expect, the content. So, for example, we find that people who have tend to have books on topics to do with culture and to do with arts and to do with philosophy and poetry and those sorts of things. Those people tend to be higher on a personality trait known as openness to experience, which is you know how kind of 
broad-minded, intellectual, artistic, and, and so on uh, people are. Um, people who tend to have a higher proportion of books are sort of conventional books. Um, books on sports and those sorts of things, on average, tend to be lower on that trait of openness. So there are sort of content-related things, but then you would also look at things like the variety of books. So that's incredibly important. It turns out the people with a big variety of books, not just a large number, they could have a smaller number, but a higher variety. And that high variety, again, points to that trait of uh, openness. Openness, uh-huh, uh-huh. So how did and, you get, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, and also, again, the organization, incredibly important. That would give us uh, a clue to a personality trait known as conscientiousness, which is really kind of how organized and planful um, and dependable the people are. And those those books, again, we would expect to see those highly organized. Maybe they're organized by author or by topic, or they're lined up, or they're, they're, they're not in a chaotic state. The, that organization gives us a clue to levels of conscientiousness. What about people who hoard things? And I don't mean like real heavy hoarders, I mean like crazy hoarders, but you know, yeah. people who just really keep a lot of stuff. You know, when I was a kid, I used to, a friend and I used to always go to this psychic. <laughs> you know, once every six months and every time she'd say, yeah. oh no, not again. But I was always fascinated, because yeah. it was at this woman's house, I was always fascinated by the amount of stuff that she had yeah. in her house. And, um, yeah. you know, what does that say about people who keep a lot of stuff? Yeah, well, it, it, it's a number of things it can, this is one of those cases where, again, you'd have to look at multiple things because there are various routes um, to getting to having a lot of stuff. One of them might be, say, openness, for example, where you're just interested in so many different things that mm. you collect these things. Mm -hmm. Another um, might be low conscientiousness, where essentially you just are a chaotic person. So there's kind of stuff everywhere. You haven't gotten around to... Um, putting them in places and organizing them and making sense of these things. Another one could be um, high neuroticism or anxiety or these sorts of things, which is closer uh, in, in terms of, it could still be on the normal scale, but this is closer to what we think of as the clinically um, relevant hoarding. So, so again, you'd see the many things in this space, and that would raise these theories about, well, it could be any of these three things, you would need to look to other elements in the house to again disambiguate this potentially um, uh, uh, this clue, which could potentially refer to three different ideas. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Chalk with Francesca. I'm speaking with Dr. Sam Gosling. Uh, Sam, how did you get involved in this? Are you just naturally nosy? Um, I think <laughs> I am naturally nosy. Yeah, it actually came about. <laughs> But, you know, like, yeah, I think it did. And I think we all are, actually. I, you know, and I yeah. think we're all yeah. looking around people's places because, you know, as humans, we have, you know, evolved to be very attuned to figuring out what other humans are like because, you know, human, other humans have always provided us with the biggest threats and biggest opportunities. So we are very kind of attentive to that. And it's, it comes so naturally to us that we're not doing it consciously, so we don't even notice we're doing it. You, you really only notice it when you're surprised. So let's say you've, you know, you've known someone or you've met somebody new and you form uh, an impression of them. And then you'll go to their space and because you know, personality tends to be consistent, most of the time you're not surprised. It's only when you're surprised 
you're, you actually realize that you have been attending to their space. You go in and say, whoa, I wouldn't have expected to see you know, oh. many stuffed animals in this place oh. or something like that. Oh. But the fact that we, you know, are surprised sometimes shows we are always attending. But are we sizing people up? Right, right. You know, from the, you know, we're always sizing people up. From the second I shake someone's hand, I would have a sense of a person's personality. But am I really right? I'd like, I'd like to think that we would need a number of things to really size people up. But isn't it true that we decide on a person's personality when the first few minutes of meeting them, we do need to take a short break. And when we come back, Sam, I would love you to answer that question. Listeners, stay with us here. Don't jump on that plane. Located in Boston's North End holds one of our best-kept secrets, Antico Forno, ranked number nine of the top ten Italian restaurants around the world within the category of being one of the most authentic. With a welcoming family feel, it's hard to argue the experience you have when enjoying dinner at Antico Forno. Best known for their brick oven pizza, their world-class traditional cuisine does not fall far behind. Come enjoy dinner at Antico Forno and feel like part of the family. Open daily from 11.30 a.m. until 10 p.m. Call us today at 617-723. 6733 or visit us at antico The new Cobblestone Cafe on Hanover Street in Boston brings casual on-the-go American fare to the North End serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Open daily at 7 a.m. Cobblestone Cafe offers burgers, barbecue, salads, fries, milkshakes, seafood, and the very popular Snickerdoodle iced coffee. Delivery and catering are also available. Cobblestone Cafe, 227 Hanover Street in Boston. For more information, call 857-263-8057 or visit them online at cobblestonecafene.com. Do you have chronic pain, neck, shoulder, or low back stiffness, headaches? Amanda King, licensed massage therapist, can help. Located in downtown Salem, Amanda has over 13 years of experience helping people with pain, injury, and stress. She can help you feel better, move better, relax, and enjoy your life. So call today to book your appointment at 617-461-7516 or learn more at www.clearbodymind.massagetherapy.com. Are you looking for a professional photographer? Headshots get you noticed. A headshot is your first impression to the world, whether in print or online. Kevin Ty of Three Circle Studios specializes in professional headshots for the Greater Boston entrepreneur, academic, and creative. He does this by drawing out a depth of subtle expressions of warmth, confidence, intelligence, and leadership. What do you want your first impression to say about you? Let Three Circle Studio help you get noticed. Call today, 617-875-2282. back and you are listening to talk with Francesca I'm speaking with Dr. Sam Gosselin he's written a book Snoop and we are discussing snooping <laughs> Sam so right the question I asked you that before the break is we're always sizing people up you know from the second we shake someone's hand I mean I can tell a lot or I think I can tell a lot about someone when I shake their hand but I don't know if I'm really right and you know maybe we need a number of different things to size people up uh, but isn't it true that we decide on people's personalities pretty quickly on when we, we meet them? 
like within the first Absolutely. couple so minutes. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, within the first few seconds. And in fact, there has been work on, on handshakes. So there was some research done where people come into the laboratory and they have they meet somebody else and that person has been trained to give a range of different handshakes. And then they ask the person who was shaking the trained handshaker's hand, they think, you know, what, what do you think that person's personality was like? Uh, and it, it, it suggests that even the handshake, so when you get a you know, a firm handshake, then people form impressions of, of that person uh, as, as more extroverted and uh, as higher on openness. Um, and, and, you know, and I think, um, you know, and that's especially true when you're shaking hands with women for some reason. Of course, this research was done a number of years ago and norms may have changed. So it may be that, you know, over the past 10 years, that may no, you know, may no longer be the case, but we're always looking for those cues. So yeah, exactly. Um, handshake will give us a little bit of information, the, um, the way that person looked, and all of these things, of course, are each one is a little, little clue. You know, none of, none of them is, is definitive. So it's just, it's just a little bit of evidence for one thing, and then we keep on adding the evidence up. But if you think about it, you know, it, it's almost bound to be true. You know, we decide what we want to look like. We decide how our hair is going to look. We decide um, what clothes to wear and so on. I mean, it, you know, we intuitively know that is sending an, an impression of some sort. Mm -hmm. The question is, you know, how good are we at decoding this? So we, we, we look at things from the, the types of clothing people wear, how well put together it is, including also their stance. So is this person smiling and warmly greeting and looking us in the eyes, suggesting they may be more extroverted? Is, there, is this person wearing unconventional clothing? Is this person well put together? So each of these things serve as a small clue. And the surprising thing is, or perhaps it's not surprising, is that is that they um, it, it, they tend to be generally accurate. Of course, we have to update these views as we go, right. but they're surprisingly accurate, even from a photo. We've done research where we showed photos of people just standing there, just standing there in a kind of neutral position, and people are pretty good at getting some some personality traits just on the basis of that. You know what I find when someone shakes your hand like too hard? It almost seems like yeah. they're they're trying too hard to give a certain impression. You know, a, a, a yeah. handshake with a, a firm, but yet, you know, pleasant. Yeah. I mean, that's, I don't know, that's how I shake someone's hand. You know, it's firm. I don't even know if I would call it firm, but it's definitely not not mousy. Um, well, you know, yeah, yeah. so, yeah, right, right. Um, Sam Gosling, author of the new book, Snoop, What Your Stuff Says About You. Thanks so much for being on Talk with Francesca today. It's really been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. No, it's always been fun chatting. All right. Thanks. All right. You've been listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm Francesca Luca. I'm calling it a wrap. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please share this show with someone that you know. Help spread the word to your friends on social media. I'm honored to be on this journey with you, and I would love to hear from you. So drop me a note at info at talkwithfrancesca.com. Okay. See you tomorrow. Don't try.